Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Let's finish up Perak Dalid. Let's finish up Chapter 4. We're in 429. Dalid here on the PAL Season 2 with Pirkei Avos Treasury. Let's go. Hu Hayo Omer. He, Rabbi Elazar Copper used to say, Hayuladum Lamus. The newborn will die. The dead will live again. The living will be judged. In order to that they know, teach, and become aware that he is God, he is the fashioner, he is the creator. He is the discerner, he is the judge, he is the witness, he is the plaintiff, he will judge. Who has Sudli done? He will judge. Baruch Hu, blessed is he, Shain Lefanav Lo Alva Velo Shechacha, whom there is no inquity, nor forgetfulness, Velo Maso Panim, nor favoritism, Velo Mikach Shochan, nor acceptance of bribery, Shakol Shalom, for everything is his. Know that everything is according to the reckoning. And let not your evil inclination promise you that the grave will be an escape for you. For against your will you were created. Against your will you were born. Against your will you live. Against your will you die. And against your will, you are destined to give an accounting before the king who rules over kings, the Holy One, blessed is he. At face value, this Mishnah seems super serious and super intense. But when you go through it, you realize that we're just realizing that everything in life has an accounting and everything in life has its time and things in general are out of our control and we were brought here against our will, but that doesn't mean we can't do things for our will. The newborn will die. This is a call for repentance. Since man is alive today and in the grave tomorrow, he would do well to stop and take stock of his spiritual life from Rav Yonah. Man is actually approaching death from the day he is born, therefore it's in the passive form. The dead will live again. The resurrection of the dead is a cardinal principle of Jewish belief. See Appendix of Sanhedrin. Usually the active form, lehachayos, and live, and rather the passive lichios, to live, is used to describe this, since awakening the dead is a supernatural phenomenon which describes God's active intervention. At the time of the resurrection, all souls will be judged. Some will achieve eternal life, while others will suffer everlasting abhorrence in the eyes of God. Man should seek to be among those who achieve eternal life from Rav Yonah. The living will be judged. Those who are resurrected will be judged. Alternatively, this may refer to those who are still alive when this great day of judgment comes. They will all be brought before the heavenly tribunal from Rashi Rab and Machsar Vitri. In order to know, teach, and become aware he is God, this follows Rav, Rashi, Machsar, Vichri, who understand this phrase to mean that at the time of resurrection, man will realize the truth of these ideas on his own, without instruction or prodding. He will come to know the strength and omnipotence of God, and will teach this doctrine to others. The Pharisee Israel adds that man is told about death, resurrection, and the process of judgment in order that he will learn, teach others, and know that he is a strong God. God punishes us as a father, not to hurt us, but to help us help ourselves, to awaken us to gravity of our spiritual condition. All the fears to which God subjects us in our lifetimes, animals, thieves, calamities, oppression of nations, are for the purpose of teaching us to fear Him. One who is truly God-fearing need fear nothing else from Ruach Haim. 
fashioner and creator. All the cosmos are in God's hands, like clay in the hands of the sculptor. Having created everything ex nihilo, he does with it as he pleases from Rav. Meiri interprets Bori as the one who originally created, and Yotzer is the one who continues to sustain creation. Tiferes Yisrael explains Bori as the creator of man's physical being, and Yotzer as the one who fashioned the human soul. The discerner, God, oversees human activity, understands the exact circumstances surrounding each of a person's acts. See Psalms, Rashi, Tiferes Yisrael, Machser, Vitri, Since God created man, he is fully aware of his innermost secrets. He discerns everything. Nothing is hidden from him. God knows all of our actions and thoughts. He's able to bring us to judgment, as Rav explains. He's the judge, witness, and plaintiff. We're trying to move through all the phrases. It's a little bit of a longer Mishnah. God plays all these roles when he judges man. Not only does he judge him for his sins, but he also testifies against him since he's fully aware of his actions. Furthermore, God is the plaintiff since it is against him that man sins. Even interpersonal misdeeds, Ben Adam the in truth, sins against God from Rav Yonah to Ferris Yisrael. He will judge. God will judge us in the world to come, Rashi, Rav, and Rav Yonah. Rambam distinguishes between this phrase and the early one. He is the judge, which refers to God's judgment of man in this world. Earthly judgments include such things as those given in the liturgy of the new year. Who will live and who will die? Who will be impoverished and who will be enriched? Who will be degraded and who will be exalted? Blessed is he before whom there is no inquity. God does not bend his judgment to favor anybody. He rules according to the law and meets out punishment with exact justice from Rashi and Rav Yonah. No forgetfulness. One should not be deluded into thinking that God will overlook a portion of his spiritual debt. Everything is recorded. He forgets nothing from Rashi. We highlight this on Rosh Hashanah when we say, For it is you who eternally remembers all forgotten things. There is no forgetfulness before your throne of glory. No favoritism. God shows no favoritism. Even a perfectly righteous person will be held accountable for a minor transgression. From Rav, one is not absolved of responsibility because of his great wisdom or piety from Rav Yonah. Additionally, God, unlike human rulers, does not show favor to the rich and eminent. Instead, he carries out the judgment of orphan and widow from Deuteronomy and Ramban. Neither does he favor the evil son of a righteous father. And no acceptance of bribery. This is difficult to understand, for it is ludicrous even to explain the thought that God can be bribed. What type of bribe can one offer him? Instead, bribery here means that God does not accept the performance of commandments as atonement for transgression. There's no such thing as trading one for the other. Rather, he gives reward for the performance of mitzvahs and punishment for transgressions from Rambam and Rav Yonah. For everything is his, since everything belongs to him, he cannot be bribed from Rashi. According to Rambam, the Mishnah says this to explain why man's good deeds cannot compensate for his transgressions. Even his ability to do mitzvahs is God-given. If God would not assist a person, he would never do even the simplest mitzvah. King David prays, may God complete on my behalf from Psalms, indicating that man takes the initial step, but it's God who brings the good deed to completion. Those who come forward seeking purity merit his divine assistance, Sioma, and and at the bottom, changed personal repentance would hardly be accomplished in any case by a trade-off quote-unquote, of good deeds for bad, misses the point entirely. True repentance is a process of eternal metamorphosis where the per- person who's doing penitence emerges as a totally new and different person. If he has not erased his sins by changing himself, a person has hardly repented. Know that everything is according to the reckoning. God makes an exact reckoning of a person's good and bad deeds. Like many small coins adding up to a large sum, many minor transgressions add up to a large debt. From Rashi and Rav, the greater a man's status, talents, and opportunities to do 
good, the more God demands of him. One who possesses greater intelligence, good character, and abilities may receive greater punishment for a minor transgression than a person of lesser intellect and abilities may receive for a major transgression from Rambam. God judges the righteous with hairline precision from Yavamos. What for a less righteous person is considered an inconsequential act is deemed a sin for someone on a higher spiritual plane. Let's go over to let your evil inclination not promise you the grave will be an escape. One should not delude himself into thinking as heretics do that in the world to come there is. God forbid no judgment and no judge from Rav Yonah. The grave offers no refuge from the obligation to pay the price of sin. One should not dismiss everything he has been told earlier in the mission about the day of judgment, thinking that after he leaves the world, he no longer have to account for his actions from Rashi. Meiri renders base modest as a way to escape. Once in the grave, a person's fate is sealed. No effort in the world can save him from the divine retribution he has brought upon himself. Against your will, you're created. A soul is reluctant to descend from heaven to earth, but an angel forces it to enter the world. Also behind human comprehension, the Pharisee says, because we can't understand how flesh and blood humans can create new life with Hashem bringing it down. Only through a creator at the bottom, merely by studying the complexity of something as small as the human eye, one's faith in the creator can be immeasurably enhanced. Chazon Ish, in Amunah B'tachon, expresses poetically how endless wellsprings of faith can flow from the contemplation of the human body. Against your will, you're born. The human fetus enjoys a perfect existence sustained by means of umbilical cord. In addition, the unborn child, in the words of the sages, sees from one end of the earth to the other, and is taught the entire Torah by an angel. When the time comes to be born, child doesn't want to leave the womb, but an angel must force it to come in the world. So you need against your will you live. Man is so often debilitated by pain and woe that his greatest hope is to die when he lies under sleep at night. His soul, aware of the terrible troubles he suffers, does not want God to return it to him, but God returns it anyway. Against your will you die. Man is powerless over the spirit to restrain the spirit, nor is there authority over the day of death. When death approaches, man does whatever he can to prevent it, but to no avail. Grasping his straws, he searches for any ways to save himself from the angel of death, but he has no choice. And now we finish the Mishnah, the Perak, with Israel, therefore he gave them Torah and Mitzvahs in abundance, as it is said, Hashem desired for the sake of Israel's righteousness that the Torah be made great and glorious. Greatness that we finish chapter 4. Join us next time as we begin chapter 5 here on the PAL with Tani G and I'm your host Tani G